Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Open Bar Experience. This is David Dacker, your host. So I'm here with uh, Nathan Raphael. Today we got together. It's Sunday, July the 14th, right before Tales of the Cocktail um, and the s- Tropical Storm Barry that pretty much has uh, dissipated. We just watched a video from uh, the uh, Tales uh, uh, Foundation from, oh man, uh, I forgot her name. This is uh, Caroline Rosen. And uh, she was saying, tells is moving up forward, uh, opening up on Tuesday, as uh, as planned. So that's a good thing. Tells uh, has a special place in uh, a lot of us' uh, heart and careers and networking um, situations, or in in the networking that we've been able to do over the years. And so I wanted to take this uh, episode and uh, and kind of talk about that uh, a bit of what the foundation is doing now and how it's changed um in the last couple of years as well as uh, a little bit of you know what it was like to go to tells in 2012 or 2014 or not go to tells in 2014 while you're opening <laughs> you're opening up a bar um and so you know these are the things that i, I think are are important to uh, keep alive so to speak to in in the sense that we can very easily get comfortable how things are and forget how the work that happened uh to get to that comfort zone and then things start to slip and become shit again and so as the new generation of bartenders are coming online and have been online and are doing really truly great work gotta make sure that that work continues and the mentorship uh the training and all the things that got us to this point so that way, 10 years from now, uh, we're not back in the shithole that the 70s was. That said, uh, Nate, thanks for taking the time to come by. Always a pleasure, man. Love the podcast. So tell me, um, you went to the first time I went to tell us is 2014. Um, and uh, you went 2012 was the first time. And so what was it? Just give me a little bit of uh, what was it like then? Because I know at one point, I think it was 2015, 16, it got to this point where um, I remember someone saying there were 22,000 people there and that there was an enormous amount of people that weren't industry taking, you know, industry uh, classes that and then selling them out. And so that's kind of one of the things uh, I wanted to point out. And, you know, how, how do we get to that and then out of that? Well, um, as long as Tales has been going on from what I knew, uh, it was it was a much smaller gathering back in, I think it was 2000, early 2000s when it started. It was a much smaller gathering of minds. Uh, this was like before Facebook and, and things of that nature. So these conferences were actually kind of necessary to get people on the national scale together uh, who were actually serious about pushing the craft forward. Um but then, um, before you knew it, the city of New Orleans really started to embrace it, obviously, because it's the birth of the place of the cocktail. And year uh, year by year, it just kept growing and growing. And more bartenders, more brands became interested in it. And it just swelled and swelled into this huge, massive festival. And it's just at that time of the year 
where it's just perfect for bartenders to really get together because it's right kind of like the calm before the craziness of the summer really hits so i think that has something to do with it but it just seems like the city of new orleans really embraces this this i mean people worldwide i mean i've i know people now coming they've come from all over the nation and they're they have no experience bartenders they're just straight up consumers and they come for tales uh even celebrities i know aisha aisha what's her name she she comes every year like it's it's really just become a massive massive event um, but how I got involved with it was in 2012, I decided, you know, I just wanted to take myself seriously and, and be a bartender. I quit my job at the airline. And the first thing, or actually the last thing I did before I quit the airline was book a flight to New Orleans to go to Tails. Because I just wanted to see, you know, what, what it was all about and if this was like a right career decision. Like, because I didn't know at the time what a career bartender was, but I knew that's what I was going to be. I was like, I'm going to be a bartender for for life i just feel like that's my favorite job like i like this job it makes me happy i'm gonna do it let's see if there's any other people like as crazy as me so i took bar smarts in uh, 2012 and i signed up for that um didn't really steady but i went and winged it for the most part um and i passed but like here i am like bar smarts was in the morning or during the day and then like at the end of the day like you know you you pass and you're with all these people you sat with and then they just let you loose, like 200 bartenders. I think it was like 200 of us at the class. And I was just blown away, man. I mean, I was not ready. I didn't have any friends or anything like that. I did at the end of the night. But, I mean, I think I was I was drunk by like 8 o'clock. <laughs> I was done, man. Like, I just did not realize how much alcohol was coming at you. Besides the cocktails we had during Bar Smarts that morning, um... Things were different back then in 2012 because they didn't really have tasting rooms per se. You could just actually, people were just like outside of the Monteleon. People were in the Monteleon. People were just tasting you right there. They just pulled out their backpack. Still to this day, it's it's kind of like that. But there were actually like setups outside the Monteleon where you can just go if you had a wristband and just like drink and just walk down the street. And I mean, there were just setups everywhere. It was pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, it was. It was just a, it was a good time, and I think they kind of dialed it back. Even for New Orleans, it was a lot because it was just a free for all. Uh, but it's it's really evolved. Um, and even though, like you said, I think we kind of got away from what it really was all about, which is, is getting uh, the entire industry together and really trying to just progress and, and move forward. I think in the 2016, 2017 additions we kind of got i don't know to me it felt like we were just kind of taking a step back because it was much more about like whose party who's gonna throw the biggest party snoop dogg showing up and g easy and everybody you know had the whoever had the biggest party was you know the one who won tails and uh you know really the most important aspect of it is really you get to rub shoulders with some of the uh the top influencers in the industry people who are pushing you know the the you know the cocktail movement forward or just bartending in general this career forward and and that's that's very rare that you get that much face time with some of these people that you see in in vibe and you see online um you see them writing books and, and competing in cocktail competitions um to me my favorite part about tales is just the fact that these people are right in front of you and you you know get to hang out with them you get to share cocktails with them you get to 
you know, get advice from them. And, and that that's you can't put a price on stuff like that. Um, I think, you know, any other career path, it's it's very rare that you get to really just hang out with like masters of the craft. So um, I think Tails really affords you a great opportunity to do that um, and just move yourself up as a professional. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, all of that. I, I think that was probably one of the most surprising things to me whenever I first went to Tells is that the people that I, whose books I had read and who I was uh, watching on, on YouTube, you know, their videos or reading their articles, it, I was suddenly they were there and you were um, had access to them, you know, because they were running a seminar or they were at, at, at a specific you know, pop up or something like that. And, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, for me it was always about when I was started to learn was about either getting some new nugget of information or confirming something that I was already do doing. And, and that was whenever I, you know, cause these events, there's so many people and so many people are coming up to them that like, that's what I just would go and I'll talk about, Hey, I'm doing this and that, you know, and they would either confirm it or, or just like, uh, you know, <laughs> not necessarily the best way. And then at least I, I, I had some clarity. But the first time I went was 2014 and you were opening Julep and you weren't able to go. Um, and uh, and I think that was I went with uh, Luis and that was on the van. <laughs> the van, that van is famous, man. Damn, so many trips in it. Uh, I think Ricardo and Ra Raul were with us, um, and so we all crashed in the the one uh, hotel room. <laughs> I think we were first at the Wyndham, which was under construction. Uh, it was a pain in the ass, and then uh, we went to the Monteleon after that. And I was like, "Oh shit, this is nice." Uh, but yeah, that was that was a good time because it was just it was, uh, you know, I was winging it the whole way. Uh, I didn't know shit. I wasn't sure about the event. Unlike you, who had an idea what the event was, I just had heard through other people about it, and uh, and I was like, okay, let's see. And then, and that was after I had done the first world class, and so at least like I, I had a gig with uh, Andy Seymour and um, uh, Diageo that was the year they did the house party. Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, and that, that was a lot of fun. So it was, it was really nice to have that gig because then everything else uh, centered around it. I know that Raul did a pop-up, so did uh, Ricardo. Yeah, and then we, go to the, we did World Class together once, right? 2015. Is that the year we did the reunion thing at Tails? When we went yeah. to Tails? Did you go to that? Yeah. That was a really, I remember that. I mean, the people there that you want to talk about just like who's who. Everybody who was, everybody was at that dinner yeah. for Diageo. I mean, and everybody had one like influence at the table or one person at the table. And oh, I remember that was such a great meal, man. Yeah. I remember that. It was, had, it was so much fun. Had, my table was uh, Lorena from Sacapa and uh, Mr. Cedeño, which is uh, the one from Casa Nobles. I can't remember his first name. I'm terrible with names. But uh, Tim Nichols, Tim Nichols <laughs> that this, was, there. was there. And he's the guy that uh, has been had been because he, he left uh, uh, Tangray, but he was had been distilling Tangray for 20 years. I think he, he his story was that he started at the distillery as a teenager sweeping and just moved his way up until master distiller and then distilled for like decades. Um, he's the one that did Tangray 10 and the Bloomberg 
um, all of those. So that was really cool to be around all the distillers of these, you know, global products. Uh, but yeah, that that was a lot of fun. I, that one, I went in for that at, with uh, Luis, yeah. and and we went straight to it, and then uh, <laughs> and then just left like the same uh, yeah. that same night. I think it was or the following morning, yeah. early in the morning. So. Um, but it, it was things it's things like that that really made me appreciate uh tales uh just you know apart from other conferences because even though it is massive i mean it, you know i i do enjoy the justification of it uh and what i mean by that is that you know, this is a massive industry and it, it is so so much life and opportunity uh, to it, and every time you go to Tales, it, it's just a really great reminder that this is this is a real job. <laughs> like, and there's tons of money that goes into it, tons of work and effort that goes into it. Um, just organizing Tales itself now, having you know tens of thousands of bartenders embark in the small area of you know the small quarter of New Orleans, uh, you know, for seven days, it, it's really really incredible. Um, yeah. So I'm going to get back to one thing, which is, so whenever you, you have all these guys that are, and I'm not going to say any names because I don't want you going out there looking for them and saying that, that they maybe think what I said. But think about this. If you're uh, someone that everyone knows in any industry and you have hundreds of people coming up to you in these five days that you're there, three days, you know, possibly close to a thousand people coming up to you in a day asking you the same questions and even asking you some questions they shouldn't be fucking asking you it's like you know should i get into bartending it's like i don't fucking know i don't know you <laughs> you know or like really you know how do you make your simple syrup i'm sure they get some stupid ass questions and so you know be patient uh because well and and you know i i, I i'm pretty sure I, I did too but the thing is it's like i made sure that I kept in mind that uh, maybe it was a t- stupid question. And also that with the, I mean, hundreds of people that come up to them during that event to uh, ask them questions, talk to them, take pictures with them, you know, discuss all kinds of things from everything they're trying to get really, truly geeky in a one minute conversation to the ones that really have nothing to say and everything good in between, which is the grand majority of it. Um, just be patient. Just be patient. Just Put yourself in their shoes and uh, understand that whenever that many people are calling for your attention and you really, truly, genuinely want to give them your attention, um, there's so much energy uh, a person has in a day. So just my two cents right there, dropping those two pennies. Um, so the other thing I wanted to to get into, aside from the fact that Tales is happening and fortunately this... Uh, Again, New Orleans shows to be a resilient uh, city with, uh, you know, even the floods they have this past week. But this is going moving forward uh, as of Sunday, the 14th, just making sure um, their theme is cultivate. And so reading a little excerpt, excerpt, excerpt from their uh, website, it says uh, the theme, the theme of this year, this year's tell is cultivate, which reflects the foundation's goal to actively engage partners and participants through thought leadership and foster meaningful connections within the hospitality industry. In keeping with this year's theme, the foundation felt inspired to design new programming that would spark a sense of community amongst industry leaders far and wide, 
culminating in once in a lifetime bar shifts. So that's uh, some bar shifts uh, events that they have going on. But overall, I think that that is a good um, theme to have and objective to have uh, for this event. Uh, one of the things we were earlier talking about, uh, Nathan and I, was that it seems like um, Tells is sort of maturing. Uh, Tells was just about the party and the networking, which again, uh, it was incredible and it has been incredible. But I think that now uh, the new leadership, this is their second year uh, putting together the event, seems to be bringing in a bit more of health and wellness and uh, career path. And um, I think that that is uh, exactly what is necessary for the industry. And that is the reason why I say that as the young, the next generation of bartenders are coming online and starting to do their own programs, you know, what's going to be the uh, path forge for the following generation and and that includes uh the shifts and changes that will happen within the industry itself so i know you have some thoughts on this in addition to you know by being brand ambassador and then you also have some events and what are those events like what are the objective to those events uh, there's a lot of we have a lot of events uh, with Bacardi going on and um some of the objectives are educational. Some of them are just, you know, for fun and put, um, you know, give uh, the industry a good time. But yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really impressed with how this new uh, organization of the foundation is really taking over. And I, what I think of is just progressive. And, it, you know, for a while, 2016, 2017, I was feeling like Tails may have been losing its ground, especially on some of, some of these other conferences. Um, in terms of just like popularity and getting back to 2018 now with the new Tales Foundation, Carolyn and her team have really just, to me, it just feels like, okay, they're still number one. This is still the cocktail conference that you need to be at. And, you know, when you read that information, it just, it just makes me feel like, okay, they're pushing, they're pushing this industry forward with the grants that they're giving out to. I, I really, really admire that. Uh, the content is well thought out. Uh, with the seminars, just top notch. So I, I'm, I really admire uh, what they're doing, and I hope that they just keep building on it because they're they're really just pushing this generation, and I mean our generation of bartenders to to keep doing more and keep progressing in our careers too. So it's really good to know that we're in good hands when it comes to that. Um, when it comes to Bacardi, there's so much going on, and anybody who hasn't been to Tales before, there's there's you'll never be able to do everything. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're working. So, I mean, there's, and there's, <laughs> there's people you're never going to be able to see. That's another thing. It's become so massive that you might see somebody, you know, from another state or something. And you see them that one time. And that might be the only time you see them. Whereas opposed to, for some reason, you just can't stop seeing Dale DeGroff everywhere. <laughs> you keep running into him everywhere. It's weird like that. His tails is just weird like that. Um, but... Yeah, with Bacardi, a little shameless promotion uh, with Grey Goose. Um, we have an event coming uh, to five different cities this year, the Great Bar Race. And it's um, it's going to be interesting. I think it's a pretty unique event that's uh, going to take place. It's kind of a mixture between Speed Rack and, and Double Dare on Nickelodeon, if you've ever seen that old school show. So it's like <laughs> it's like a kind of obstacle course-like, but it's bartending-related. Uh, it's really meant to just be fun and, and make sure, you know, and, but also test the skills 
uh, of a bartender. Um, so we're going to be giving a preview of that on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday um, uh, outside of Montelion, uh, outside of or near Montelion. Um, but we've, we're going to be getting a couple of volunteer bartenders to just go through the course and, and kind of test it out. But it's also coming to Houston in November. So um, I, I'm super excited about that. Um, there's also a lot of different Bacardi events. Of course, the 19th is uh, National Rum Day, so we always celebrate that with Bacardi at Tails. Um, Tiki and Slow Jams is another big event that we're having to, uh, this year. Uh, I mean, it's exactly what it is. Tiki <laughs> drinks and, and Slow Jams. I mean... If you like dancing, that is, Imagine that's going to be the place. To, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's going to take you back. We did it. We did it in New Orleans, actually, for um, uh, Resistance Served. And uh, it was it was really, really fun. I had a good time. Um, what else? We have Kaz Boxing, Casadores Boxing. That's the main event on Thursday, probably. I think everybody's going to be going to. So Bartender Boxing, I think this year they're doing a, they're bringing back some of the old boxers uh, to fight. So I, I think that's that's going to be really fun. I'm ready to get back in, man. Oh, you ready to get back in the ring? Yeah. I don't know if I could ever do. I would like the training. I don't know if I. I, I don't know. I don't I have too much pride to get knocked out. <laughs> so. No. So I got into the first bartender boxing, but then I hurt my shoulder, and so I was out because it was going to take too long to to recover. So I'm on my. Rec- I'm 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 ready to get back in it in uh, this next year. Yeah. So just know, next year, I'm gonna beat the shit out of somebody. All right, so yeah, I'm pulling it up. So many activities. Uh, Beyond the bar with Bacardi at the New Orleans Athletic Club. There's yoga, a dance club, a boxing class. Um, and then there's a run on Saturday in memory of Ben Carlotto. Rest in peace. Um, lots of great seminars. Uh, trends. We have something on trends in cocktail culture. Um, what else do we have? Oh, this is one of my favorite programs um, that has been going on for a few years at Tales now is uh, Letters to a Young Bartender. So that is an amazing, amazing seminar in which uh, they get like four old old school OG bartenders, uh, maybe brand ambassadors. I think this year Colin Appia is going to be one of them. And I can't remember the other four, but I think Nackley maybe. All right. But, yeah. Um, but basically they write a letter to a, their younger selves. And they read it, and it's some of them have brought me to tears. <laughs> they're really, they're really, really insightful, and it's just like gold, really, just gold, man. To to sit there at the feet of, of these guys and 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 just like learn from their mistakes and, and learn some of the things that they've they've done. But those are always just super and super insightful and, and really great. Um, and we haven't even touched on that. The seminars. Even though, I mean, I hope you plan on going to a couple seminars this year. This um, The first LGBTQ um, uh, seminar uh, put on by our own Christina Cabrera of Grey Goose. Uh, but it's going to be the first one involving that at Tales ever. So I think that's that's groundbreaking. And then also Selena Donovan uh, of Grey Goose as well is doing a seminar on um, social media or just uh, building your brand. Um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but she's a social media queen. Um, and then Joe McCanta is doing uh, our Grey Goose Global Ambassador. He's doing a seminar on disco, disco cocktails, old school cocktails. So he's, uh, if you know Joe, he's, he's, he's an expert. You know, this, it's going to be a fun seminar to watch too. So, But the seminars are, are all top notch this year. And if you've got the opportunity to get, you know, get to them, make sure of all things you do. 
is make sure you make your seminars. So don't party too hard. Yeah, I've been uh, actually I've paid for seminars that I never showed up to. <laughs> I've been that guy. I've been there. So don't do it. It's just, it's just, there's no point to it. If you don't think you're going to make that, especially the morning ones, this is always in the morning ones. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. The night before I stayed out till, till six, I think it was, or some crazy shit like that. Um, but just don't do it. Um, if you, if you get a morning, uh, seminar, make sure that you go to bed in time, uh, the night before or take drink water, whatever it is that you got to do to make it. Cause those seminars are very much worth it. Um, and you know you're wasting money energy and, and even fooling yourself that you're gonna do sleep go yeah, to a seminar too people who worked hard to put these seminars together man these people worked it's not just something they slap together uh i know uh my colleague christina's like blood sweat and tears went into this seminar and she showed us like the little first part of it and it was i cried not only because it was great it was an amazing little video she put together but i cried because i knew she had put so much work into this and it's so important to her. And these seminars are, they're extremely important to these people who are presenting, um, you know, just trying to impart this knowledge to you guys. So, um, yeah, my advice is, I mean, we're going to get to it, but I might we might as well get to it now is, is, you know, don't drink everything it tells. Um, we're there to have a good time. Our bartenders always have a good time, but do it in moderation because, yeah, you are there to learn and you are being watched. Um, that's one thing that I've learned over the years. People watch you and they, they re remember you. So if you were on top of that table dancing and getting it at 3 o'clock in the morning, um, people will remember you. That's what people are going to remember you for. They're not going to remember for you for attending that seminar and you're like all buttoned up or that you woke up like two or three hours later and got dressed and went to a seminar. They're going to remember you. Oh, you were on top of the bar dancing. So. They sure do. Actually, there's stories about that. Some guy losing his job, brand ambassador in front. <laughs> uh, not even going to say the brand or nothing, but that was too long ago. It should be forgotten. Um, but no, I, I, I agree with you. Um, as far as the seminars, remember, if you just grab a seat at a seminar you might or might not make, think about that you're taking that seat away from someone else that could have really, truly um, benefited from it. But in, in other, and I agree in agreement with you, don't drink everything. Uh, because there is too much um, taste, uh, but even the tasting after a while is going to catch you a buzz. You're going to want to have a drink, and the the mood is always good. Everyone is there to have a good time. It's bartenders. Bartenders throw the parties. This is what we do. So don't think that things are going to be, you know, uh, uh. No, it's always going to be a good time. There's always going to be someone that is livening up the room while everyone else is getting over their hangover or, you know, a heavy meal or whatever. But so don't think that because we're having such a good time, I need to go ahead and, and, and drink too much because the next place you go to, it's going to be a really good time too um, if you get to it. But then in addition to that, what I did last year was I focused on food. New Orleans has some incredible food, some incredible restaurants. And, and you are doing yourself a disservice by being in New Orleans, especially if you're there for three, four or five days and not going to some of these great restaurants. So make sure that you, uh, you know, you can do your Google searches on where to go. Once you're there, you can ask around um, and, you know, you're going to get a lot, a lot of uh, suggestions. So then. The other thing I wanted to talk about, because it's one of the things that, that I felt is that I feel 
bartenders need to be doing more in, in, in a part-time basis, but if there's enough bartenders doing it, then I think the conversation would be more honest, is uh, writing. And uh, because as I spoke with Patrick um, Abalos about some uh, in previous episodes, some of these people that are writing about what happens in the bar industry or have never worked in the bar industry. And I understand that. So for some people to uh, give their opinion about um, a bar or a restaurant or a drink or food, you don't have to work in the industry to give your opinion about it because, it, you know, sometimes the products we put out are so esoteric, esoteric that you need another bartender to taste it and, and, and enjoy it. Right. So I get that part. I don't I think there should be consumers that write about how things are coming across. But when it comes to, you know, what happens in the bar industry and how things are supposed to go, and especially those bullshit uh, articles that never seem to go away about how bartenders scam and steal from people by suggesting this and doing it's fucking bullshit. It doesn't happen as often as those articles make it look. And if so, you know, I don't come across those people very often in the last 25 years. So... You know, that is the reason why I feel there should be more bartenders writing about, you know, what it is to have a nine to five. That's 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Okay. And I don't think that someone that works from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. should be writing about that because they don't know. Just because I'm up, I go to bed at five in the morning doesn't mean that I'm getting drunk and getting doing coke all night. It's just that it's just unsustainable life. And so... You know, a lot of times after 2 a.m., might close, you know, the, the bar down and be ready to leave at 3, 3, and 30 in the morning. But, you know, this is where you hang out. This is where your friends are. This is where your co-workers, you know, have the same life. You sit down, you might have uh, a beer or a soda, and you're there chit-chatting for, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Some people like to be done and out the door. That's fine, too, you know. It, it, it's... But... The point is, is that just because bartenders are hanging out at the bar late at night doesn't mean we're we're doing devious shit, you know. Um, a lot of times, it's just this is this is our life. So why am I gonna rush home and try to get sleep whenever I know I'm not gonna get up till noon? <laughs> Plus, sometimes it's also, you know, where I've had it. Uh, actually, a high and dry Mauricio, um, he cooks sometimes and brings it, and then at the end of the night, once we're done uh, with it. Brings out, heats up the food, brings it out. We have dinner uh, there. It's happened a couple of times. Uh, um, uh, Javi likes to do that too. So, you know, it's it's community. Uh, just because our nine to five is different from yours doesn't mean that there is nef- nefarious shit going on all the fucking time. Sometimes there is. Sometimes there is. Oh, I'm not going to even, but. He worked it. But, yeah, that's one thing. Uh, somebody mentioned that to me the other day, too. Yeah, we need more writers. We need people. And that's one thing I regret as a younger bartender. I wish I wrote more shit down. Not just cocktail recipes, but just day-in-the-life stuff. You know, like kept a journal, just some things, or at least like a weekly, that's you know. Shit, man. Because I think back, you know, to some of the, the lessons that I've learned, and I'm just like, man, I don't remember everything. Like, you know, alcohol. <laughs> and I wish <laughs> I just like I can't remember like man, but I remember like so and so told me this and that and I remember like I that, that one day like I, I had that guest and I just didn't handle it. Stuff like that like would be perfect for a book. 
or even like when I started doing brand work and I did a lot of stupid shit, you know, as a brand ambassador and and that's that's one thing I need to start like I want somebody to write a book. Or maybe I should write a book about about just working for a brand. It's a hard fucking job. Um that's, yeah. That's the book that I've been uh, I've been wanting to write because I think that cocktail books Bro, you you see my shelves yeah. over here. Like, yeah. what am I gonna add to that? Yeah. I mean, those are incredible books, yeah. beautifully displayed. I mean, that the death go. I, I I keep showing my girlfriend, and she's like, "This is like beautiful uh, yeah. photography. The like, index. so the typesetting, the indexing, the it's so organized. It's beautiful. The storytelling, everything. But the real story of what it is to live, work forty hours a week, yeah, maybe thirty, sometimes fifty depending on, on what uh, your responsibilities are at the bar. And it's and again, it's at 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. And people think that, like, oh, you have a charm life because you're partying all the time. No, I have a charm life because I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's just we're getting to that point, man, in the industry where we have to start pushing. You know, we've gotten, man, we got books on every kind of cocktail, tiki, classic, Japanese style, Every style of cocktail, you name it, there's a book for it. There's books on ice now. There's books on bitters. There's books on shrubs. There's books on everything. So, like... The shim. The shim. Yeah, low ABV stuff. Everything. So, yeah, there's still plenty to write about, though, I think, in this industry and plenty to talk about. Uh, So, yeah, I I need to start doing it myself. It's just, like, writing things down. And, uh, yeah, let's be like Patrick and write an article. (laughs) <laughs> Send it to. I know. Yeah, I agree. Um, when I saw that he was the author of the article, I was like, okay, there we go. That now we're getting into the direction that we should be, which is taking ownership of, of the industry, not expecting someone else to write about exactly. our shit to actually do it ourselves. Yeah, um, he, was, he was extremely humble about like, you know, he was like, this is just coming from my experiences, but he was like, this is what this is what I think, you know, and and he has the experience to say that he has, the, you know. He definitely has the right to say it and the, and the clout to say it. Uh, but he was like, you know, this is what you do and you don't do. I, I, I really appreciate it. It was really a great perspective that, that he was coming from. Yeah. Well, and I, I think he does have the pedigree. I mean, this is what he went to school for. Uh, he went straight at it and then tried to, you know, try to figure out maybe I should be doing something else. I mean, this is the thing he's done. So, I mean, he has a, 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 his own perspective uh, on it. And um, it's more corporate. Still, I mean, all of those things apply. The, the, the limits that you're given um, as a manager, uh, the challenges that you're faced with with customers, the, you know, the shortages or excess in inventory. I mean, the, the experiences are still the same. So uh, I think it was a very well-written article. I think it was, it was uh, timely and uh, well-presented and very useful. I think you can still look at that article uh, years from now and get something out of it because it was, and and also uh, it's a snit, uh, snapshot of of the times. You know, who knows where we're gonna be with social media in five yeah. years, in or in three years. Absolutely. So, but yeah, the uh, the tales of the cocktail does have a category for that. Uh, I'm not gonna necessarily name uh, all of them. But I will pick on a few <laughs> uh, that I like. And so I like Differ's Guide uh, quite a bit, relied on that uh, in the years past. But I think it needs a, uh, an update. I think it, it definitely needs to 
be uh, of the times or maybe they're going for timeless i don't know but uh everything that is old will be new again so maybe that's holding off for that um thirsty i like uh this is for the best cocktail and spirits publication presentation by tells um thirsty i like because they have a facebook page and normally before they're while they're working on an article they'll ask questions there and you have everybody on there uh people that and when i say everybody i mean people that have put the time and effort and money into educating themselves uh as to what craft cocktails is and prior to that a lot of them uh worked at whatever bar will give them a job and then grew into uh something much greater than that um so thirsty i I do like that about them so whenever i read their articles i'll i'll give them more weight than i would something you know like thrillist which is not on this list (laughs) yeah lots of good categories uh for the spirited awards too shout out to all the houston bars better luck tomorrow and uh what nickel city from austin uh, midnight rambler from dallas um lots of good and then also i mean there's a lot of cool bars uh just not even with outside of texas lost lake broken shaker compare lapine in new orleans that's gonna be our home hometown right there half step in austin i forgot about half step um lots of lots of cool bars man so shout out to everybody in texas doing their thing oh also joe mccanta up for international ambassador of the year let's hope he gets it this year just want to shout out to gray goose <laughs> yeah that said also uh mr julio cabrera bartender of the year and also his bar uh cafe la trova is uh best new uh cocktail bar so yeah shout out to them um congratulations on uh um uh, the discipline and work that it takes to uh, get the attention of uh, the people that put these lists together. And just because you're not in it or whatnot, it, this doesn't make, this is it. This is the end. All other bars can close because we have these. No, that's not what this is. This is just a way to recognize um, some people that are um, maintaining quality in what the uh, craft is. And uh, and at times pushing the boundaries and finding new ways uh, and better ways of doing things. So that's that. Um, I don't have this. This is pretty much the uh, the tell. So I, that's what I wanted to talk about uh, mainly. Do you have anything else? Uh, you got anything going on in Houston? Anything uh, that you really want people to show up for in uh, at tells or? Well, just USBG-wise, if anybody uh, is interested in joining the USBG, we are going to be doing a couple of recruiting drives um, in the next coming months um, after Tales. Just focus on building uh, another wave of, of members because uh, we're coming up on an election pretty soon. And um, I'm going to be stepping down for good this time. <laughs> like, no coming back. Yeah, can get pulled back. No, no, no. So, yeah, we, we really want to leave the chapter in a good place. Uh, especially rolling into our our regional conference, which we are hosting, so I'm I'm super excited about that. But uh, anybody going to tales and you listen to this, definitely come seek me out. I'll be there all week. It's gonna be fun. That is a good thing. Uh, tell uh, USBG. Uh, make sure that you get involved, that you uh, vote, that you know the people that are uh, in charge or coming, uh, or you, that you're voting for. 
that are people that will put the time in the way that this current uh, council has in order to not just grow the chapter, which you guys have done, and especially the attendance at the meetings. Last meeting I went to, I was like, wow. The last two, a few, two, three meetings I've been through has been like 35, 40 people uh, at every single one. And, and so I know that growing it is one thing, keeping people engaged is, is another. And so job well done. And uh, I look forward that the uh, next council does things in, along the lines of, of what you guys did. And also, I hope that at least one of you stay on because I think that continuity makes a very big difference in the stability of the chapter and its uh, its character and personality. Um, so somebody's got to. <laughs> It's just not going to be me. <laughs> I'm done, man. It's gonna be like the Godfather. He's gonna find a way to pull you back in, man. <laughs> All right. Once again, appreciate it. Thank you for coming by, man. Um, have fun at Tales, and uh, yeah, make sure you uh, drink a lot of water. Yeah. Cheers, man. <laughs> Sometimes you're surprised by by something, by something is said, something is done, and whatnot. And um, I was just surprised by uh, learning, finding out that Ben Collardo had uh, passed away. And um, I haven't been on social media much, and that's you know that's that. And the thing is, is I know Ben as many people in the industry do, which is in passing and in, in mostly from the years of education that he did. And, uh, you know, the fact that it was depression, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's, it, it's, it's a little shocking, I guess, because of his personality. And let me tell you how I know him. I don't know him, they know him personally that well, but again, from all the education that he did. And Ben, along with a few other people, are at the very um, fulcrum and beginning of, of my uh, education in the beverage industry, in the craft uh, cocktails, mixology, whatever you want to call it. In 2014, I went to World Class, and it was in Atlanta, and it was during the USBG Uh, South uh, Southern Conference and he was it was uh, during the seminar part right of the conference this guy very dapper English Aussie ax, ox, accent <clears throat> comes up and he's like uh, you know hello my name is Ben Collardo and I work for Bacardi he had a bottle of Bacardi uh, with him he puts it on the table and uh Then he says, let's talk about the palate. Let's talk about flavor. He goes on and gives this whole seminar on how we taste and how the palate works and the soft palate and all that. Completely changed the way that I understood taste, tasting, and the, the physiology of it. And it just, from that point on, it, it just 
I, I went in a complete different direction when it came to that. And, and especially in those conversations where people say, you know, the palate is this or that, you know, I had that put me in a different path. But anyways, I just thought and I, uh, I came back telling people about it because I just thought that was amazing. I was used to people coming in and talking, working for a pro, for a brand and just po- talking about that product. And I'm talking about pre, I mean, this is, you know, pre everything that we know now. If you saw somebody, but the point that the, the, the fact that he would come in, show you the bottle, it's Bacardi, you've heard of it, you know of it. Now, let me teach you about this thing, you know, how it is that you taste and create cocktails and all that. I thought it was really impressive. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. That same year I saw him at Tells, um, you know, walking by, told him, hey, you know, great seminar, the conference, whatever. And, um, you know, he was always, uh, humble and, um, and just a really nice guy. So huge loss to the beverage community, to the education, uh, of the community, because, uh, that guy knew a lot. Last time I saw him was here in Houston at Passing Provision, where they had a, uh, again, a seminar on taste and the palate and all that. It, I thought it might have been the same one. I just wanted to go because I enjoyed uh, his presentation. Uh, but it was uh, it was different. It was similar, but different. It was more in depth, uh, more involved. And uh, you could tell that the material had uh, evolved. So again, big loss to the uh, beverage community. And um, if you're at Tales then uh, then uh, check out the ceremony or the remembrance of him. So that said, uh, make sure that you are talking to someone if you if you're dealing with depression um, because it's a, it's a depression is something that uh, deeply affects your perspective. And so please make sure that you talk to someone else. Um, or talk to someone because that that internal monologue that you got going on um, could set you into the, the wrong path, and um, we don't want that. So just know that you are important. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and keep the conversation going.